To two daydream believers podcast i'm your host space orphan 18 and today we have um kind of a fun idea kind of a fun podcast for you it is our second uh big brother podcast and today we are um going to talk about blaine and family and these are kind of you know what we pull out of canon and what we can kind of um uh and come up with our own head canons based off what little information we have and and so I have some really, really great panelists here who are going to be um, and discussing this in length. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves. I'm Kay, Black John Lennon on Tumblr, Killer Queen 80 on AO3. I'm Carly, also known as Caro Jane, pretty much anywhere. Um, I'm Connie, and I'm Sleep Deprived Mine on Tumblr. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I'm Bethany. I'm Invisible Raven pretty much anywhere you care to look for me. And yay, I'm so happy you're talking about Blaine. Yay! So um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take a little bit of a backseat here and let you guys ha- talk, but um, I'll kick it off. And uh, why don't we start in talking about um, Blaine and family and what do we actually know and what is actually canon within um, the show? So, canon, Blaine does have parents, a mom that we've seen, a brother that we've seen, and a dad that's a huge mystery. That much we do know. But he's been mentioned. Yeah, least. he's been mentioned a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he went to Delton, and when he um, was talking to Kurt in the first time, he, he said... Like not everybody can afford to come here, but like as as an apply uh, implying that he can go there. So we uh, assume that he is well off. That with like also his um, his outfits that he wears are, you know, Brooks Brothers kind of has that like you know rich rich kid kind of niche uh market so Mm -hmm. of course everybody in glee wears uh clothes that they can't afford and there were a couple times they didn't but for the most part yeah especially blaine yeah um and he also seemed to have unlimited funds to go to new york whenever he wanted 
Maybe his parents have a lot of frequent flyer miles. Yeah, or he had a credit card of his own. Also that. I feel he had access to money on his own because, like, in the episode where, um, in Guilty Pleasures, he he gives Sam a 50, and, like, I don't think in, in high school I had access, really, to just give a friend a $50 bill if in high school, it. if I had more than $5 on me, it meant, like, a birthday passed, and my grandma just gave me some cash. <laughs> and it was, like, one of those rare times where I wasn't like, here, mom, use it for groceries or something. But that's, like, an extreme, extreme situation. And Blaine doesn't have a job that we know of, so. Yeah. And he also got, like, bought a piano for, for the loft, which, you know, is even, like, cheap, uh, off Craigslist or uh, even market. the cheapest piano is too expensive for me. Yeah, and I work full time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so we can assume from all that evidence, we can say that Blaine comes from a wealthy family. That's well established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether Not, I don't Dan think Christian they're like Blaine's yeah. family gets a little like over the rails wealthy that's what i was gonna say i don't think it's like old money i definitely don't think he's like one of the richest kids at dalton and i you know i don't think it's like that kind of wealth but they certainly you know his parents are well off enough he's probably one of the richer students at mckinley aside from maybe sugar though Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. sugar and maybe quinn's family um before i don't know what happened after her parents got divorced he might be old school money, but not like like millionaire level money. Like probably he he seems like the good old boy, like almost New England kind of money. <laughs> we know he drives a Volvo, so they're not like so rich that they're gonna like buy him a brand new <laughs> like Benz or something. Um and speaking of cars, we do know, like, uh, we do know that he and he and his dad did attempt to bond over fixing a car, but that didn't really work out that well. So, um, but it was it was from Blaine's point of view, though, uh, when he was telling that to Bert, and we do know that uh, his father didn't really approve of him being gay. Well, I'm trying to remember exactly what he said, because I haven't watched that episode in a while. But we know that he says he didn't feel comfortable going to his parents to talk about sex. And that yeah. he um, he felt like his dad felt like getting his hands dirty would make him straight. But, but, uh, but I don't know yeah. if he actually said that. Like, well, if, if his dad might have said something like, or that. Or if that was what his... Blaine was inferring. Yeah, because yeah. Blaine's uh, newsflash, Blaine's a little uh, dramatic sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he could have been like, oh, the only reason why he wants to do this is because he thinks it's going to make me straight, even yeah. if his yeah. dad was intention. Yeah, like yeah. his dad was just like, this will be a fun way to spend time with you. Yeah, oh, yeah maybe like, show yeah. him like 
we still have a normal father-son relationship. Nothing has changed. What do fathers and sons do together? They build a car. So, you know, he's not quite been in the right place. like, he realized, oh, my son had trouble telling me this. And our relationship isn't as close as I want it to be. So I'll show him that I still love him and, like, or try to, to repair our relationship by doing this this activity that we might both have fun at and it obviously didn't. And then Blaine took it the, because I almost get the feeling. And again, this is totally made up in my own head that Blaine's not the best at communicating how he feels. And I wonder if he gets that from someone. Yeah. That, that is kind of a, a learned trait in family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, Let's see. So that's his dad. Um, he he's also mentioned briefly in um, Shooting Star. Yeah. Or is is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Shooting Star. Yeah. Where after the day after um, Blaine tells Tina that both his parents stayed up with him and they were crying and hugging. So like he's obviously a loving dad. Yeah, and then like fandom has the liberty to to choose to what degree that is. Yes, yeah, and they have. And let's face it, fandom will take something and run with it, even once it's been contradicted by canon. Mm -hmm. Yes, true. (laughs) So that's his dad. Um, The only other thing is in the there's a behind the scenes picture of the wedding guest book in a wedding. That says um, Blaine's dad had left um, his mom. Mm, yeah. So, so I don't know if that counts as canon for like um, his parents getting divorced, but that's a good question. It's like kind of on the borderline. Like, how much do those things that were cut out count? Or were as... just props? I mean, yeah, exactly. But it might have been something that, like, uh, uh, what's, I, I don't know the name of the, the woman who played Pam. But oh, Gina Gershon. Yeah, Gina. She might have, like, she might have written it and had it in her headspace for the character or something. Because, like, mm-hmm. actors, even if they're in, like, tiny bit roles, they kind of develop their own. Um, oh, Yeah. Okay. Once they didn't cast Blaine's dad, she might have just jumped off like, well, why isn't he here? Yeah. Other than they just didn't want to cast anybody from Blaine's dad. Like, and her left. flirting with, uh, with Puck. Uh. <laughs> like, she, <laughs> I know, ew. <laughs> but, but, like, just that she, she, you know. The single lady. Sing, single lady gets to do whatever she wants. Exactly. Of course, I, I heard, uh, I, I saw some fan fiction or, or theories, people joking that maybe um, Blaine's mom was one of the the house moms, the house ladies um, that Puck uh, cleaned the pool for. Oh, my God. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh God. Oh, poor Blaine. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Puck made, uh, could make jokes that he's his new stepdad or <laughs> Oh, oh my god. Puck would totally do that. <laughs> oh, he totally He would. definitely would, but poor Blaine. Oh god. That would be horrible. 
Um, I'm going to interject really quickly here. Uh, one of the points, uh, we, it was never really discussed um, outside of the script because um, it was cut from the, the actual filming, but it says in the script also that Pam is an Avon lady. And um, I just, how do you guys feel about that? And you guys are talking about uh, Blaine's was wealth. Was it Avon or Mary Kay? It was Avon or Mary, Mary Kay. Oh, was, was it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. But it was They're the ones that get the pink name. car, right? Like a, a yeah. Name that sounded like Mary Kay. Yeah. And it was I think... in the, um, I think it was in the um, uh, casting sheet for for Pam. Yeah, or and maybe I, I think also in the script. I don't know. I think either Brad or Ian talked about it somewhere too. Maybe they mentioned it on Twitter or something. I, I remember. I remember reading it somewhere that one of the writers had said something about it, and that's how we found, first found out about it. But I don't know exactly and who Mary said it. Mary Kay is Mary Kay is one of those um, like uh, careers that is it's like it's the company is one of those companies that that gets um, housewives who have you know, probably older kids or, you know, their, their kids are grown up or they're looking for something to like supplement their income or mainly just like do something outside of the house. It's, it's not really a, like a career that somebody goes into to become a successful business person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's something that you could say she was doing for like 20 years and then yeah you know yeah. it's and something it's to something do to like, waste the time or you know have yeah. a bit of her own money I, rather than to you know actually have a career or have an income mm-hmm. which would tie yeah, like in well she, the wealthy family kind of thing yeah and yeah some, like something she started to do when blaine got older and yeah, she was bored at home there's some like stereotypes of about mary Kay and and uh, kind of bored housewives who who um, basically use it to socialize more than anything and just get out I of I could definitely life. see that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Just knowing what we know about Blaine and how social he is, I could see him, his mom being very social. Mm. Yeah. And just, I mean, the fact that there's the obvious fact that like we see Blaine's house several times Mm -hmm. Blaine at home several times throughout the series and we never see his parents at Mm -hmm. home when he's home which is untrue of like any of the other characters I feel like well we were at Rachel's house quite a bit before we met her dad's Mm -hmm. that is true I I think the only character whose parent played a major role to the point where we saw them a lot is Bert and Kurt yeah. and Carol and Finn. And Carol. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, other characters, we go to their house, but we never see their parents. But and because, for that reason, I never really had the headcanon of, oh, Blaine's parents are never around <sighs> because of A, B, and C. I just assumed, okay, it's not about them. So there's no real reason for us to see them. So mm-hmm. I never took that to mean that they were absent or they weren't around. Just they're not part of the story at this point, so there's really no reason 
mm-hmm. to kind of have them mm-hmm. hovering around. Just like I never really took it to mean anything that like we didn't find out parents were at the performances. I just always assumed they were and we didn't see them because it wasn't important to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I always fall in the camp that like his parents were at least somewhat hands off and that's where why I'm bringing it up now, like with the the Avon or the Mary Kay thing, that Pam had her own life outside of the house, which all parents should have their own life outside of their kids. Personally, I believe, um, but like, but it does lend to the idea that like she wasn't there all the time. So whether that can lead into she was outside of the house more and kind of like hands off with Blaine, who knows? But mm. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let me um, ask you guys this. Um, kind of getting into let's talk about Blaine and race. And uh, we all know that Darren is half Filipino. Um and we don't know what the dad looks like, but um, I'll send you down that. What, what what kind of things do you think that we can talk about there? Well, personally, I don't think a lot of people were like, okay, well, obviously Blaine's supposed to be white because if his mom is white and his last name is Anderson, that means his dad is also white. And I just need to shut that down real quick because yeah. that's <laughs> not necessarily true. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's always that. So, there is a pause. His dad could very well be Filipino and we just don't know it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I never particularly thought, okay, because the, the last name is the reason that we should, that we would know about that, you know? So in, as far as I'm concerned, Blaine is Fili- half Filipino, just like Darren is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, that was a big, like, discussion from, like, the beginning, I feel. Yeah. Um, and the argument on the Blaine is white side is that, and then people are like, they, well, they would have said um, he was white if, if he was, or they would have said he's half Asian if he's half Asian, or they would have cast half Asian, or half Asian brother and then Asian mom or, or Asian parents, um, but, but I mean, there were evidence in in canon that he was Asian. I mean, we had Rachel call him or say if they got together, she'd have vaguely Eurasian babies. I mean, the little Rachel. boy who played the little boy who played Blaine in the flashbacks is half Asian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is he so? Yeah, and is he half so Japanese. Or I I'm not sure, but I know that he was half Asian. He yeah. wasn't half yeah. Japanese. I don't know. Just because we yeah. talked about it in the actual bro- Big Brother episode one, um, he was half Japanese. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So and, so I think and, that there, but yeah, they referenced it quite a few times. Didn't Brittany mention it when they were doing the whole president uh, the campaign in Makeover? She mm. made a couple of references. Like, didn't yeah, she say she something like her really favorite color is about. Filipino? Yeah. Yeah. And then a reference to his birth certificate or something like that. 
Yeah. And I think that's why when we were thinking before his mom was cast, we were all, I remember in fandom, there's a big discussion about who would we cast as Blaine's mom if she would ever show up in the show. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitated to Leia Salonga because Leia is, is, uh, is, you know, she's Filipino herself and she seemed to like, <laughs> she seemed to be a big fan of Glee and um, the show and also of, uh, a big fan of Darren's at the time. So we thought it would be a good fit. And I think that's why when, 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 uh, when Gina Gershon was cast, there was a big, I think there was a big flurry, uh, big discussion yeah, there when it was brought up again. Upset about it. Yeah, there, I remember there yeah. was a lot of people upset. I don't think Leah Salonga is old enough to have a son Cooper's age. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think yeah. she's old enough to have a son Blaine's age, really. She's not well, that much that, older than that's Darren. Question. Like, that's Cooper, true. Matt Bomber is obviously white. And, um, well, so, I mean, I kind of have mixed feelings about that because obviously you would never want to cast a white person to play someone who's half Asian, you know, and mm-hmm. it's essentially yellow face. But on the other hand, I have friends who are mixed race and one sibling looks completely, you know, like one race and the other sibling looks more mixed. Mm-hmm. So having a brother that looked like Matt Bomer still isn't enough for me to say Blaine's 100% white because I've seen people who are half Asian who look like Matt Bomer. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't know it until you met their family. And then you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but th- there is also the thing that they, because of the age difference of, of Blaine and and Cooper, that mm-hmm. they could be half siblings. They could, and I've, I've thought about it all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Like, maybe, I mean, like, I've gone back and forth. Like, maybe they do have the same dad, or maybe they have different dads. Maybe, you know, she, Cooper was, was you know, not necessarily, like, she was married to Cooper's dad, but that she had Cooper, and then she married Blaine's dad. And he adopted Cooper, and that's why they all have the last name Anderson. Or maybe, you know, they, her last name was Anderson. The... <laughs> I always kind of said if they were half-siblings, they would have different moms, not different dads. So that would explain the last name thing. And then you could say that the woman they cast as Blaine's mom was not Cooper's mom by blood. But you could still talk about if Blaine's dad was Asian, yeah, Cooper could still be half Asian as well as Blaine. Yeah, there's so many different ways to go with it. And I think well, the age difference so makes it... families out there, so... Yeah. Exactly. And, and like, it's it's funny because I, I look at Cooper and Blaine, like, watching them, and I'm like, oh, they look so much like brothers. And then, like, I'm like, but they look nothing alike. But they do, but they don't. But, but they, they yeah, they did a good job because you could definitely, to me, I thought they looked like brothers too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have like the same smile and and like, yeah, it, it they look like they could be brothers. But even again, even though they look different, yeah, they don't because like Cooper is this tall and Darren's 
the tiny little thing that Darren is. And, <laughs> um, yeah, so that would make sense. Like, half-siblings would make more sense for cause, But I know, like, full-siblings can look very different from each other, too, so. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, not me and mine, unfortunately, everyone seems to think. We all look alike, but I've seen siblings where you're like, wait, you guys are brother and sister? Okay, I didn't see that. Yeah, and and because they look so much different, that could have caused Blaine a lot of self-esteem issues because uh, Cooper does present more Caucasian than Blaine does, and then that might relate to why he dresses the way and presents the way he does because he wants to come off different ways because unfortunately he lives in America where things are very not good for people who are different races other than white. And I could also see that playing a role in Blaine and the hair gel thing because Cooper's Definitely. got like that stick yeah. straight hair and Blaine's got that curly kind of unruly hair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could definitely see those kinds of things playing a role. That's why it's like interesting that after Big Brother and we find, and, you know, and Kurt says how attractive he finds Cooper. And then a few episodes later, Blaine's like totally freaking out about Kurt seeing his hair in its like natural state. I could see how, you know, that yeah. could play a, a role in that. That's why it kind of drives me bonkers when I read fan fiction and they've got Kurt telling Blaine, you need to lose the gel or like, here is how here I got you some stuff style your hair this way because I'm just mm-hmm. like no you guys don't understand how like accidentally kind of racist that could come off yeah because I, I definitely think like the whole hair thing relates with with Blaine's race as well like, uh, yeah there's that uh, in the the prom episode um, mm-hmm. and then again in season six when he does lose the gel trying to shake things up and he's called a terrorist yeah so whenever I see that and I'm just like oh my god please no and I love that Kurt we have canon we have canon proof that Kurt didn't feel any kind of way you know about Blaine's hair you know when he had to wear it you know at prom and he couldn't wear the gel it wasn't like Kurt was like horrified or like oh my god here let me tell you how to fix it he was just like so supportive. Mm-hmm. Now I'm he sure if Blaine had asked him, like, "What do you think I should use in it?" Kurt would have suggestions, but he's not going to outrightly say. You yeah. need to but see, me. even then, I don't know because what? How would a person with stick straight hair even know what True to enough. do with curly hair? Um, curly hair is a, is a whole ordeal. No, no the products I that you have to use. <laughs> the products that go into maintaining curly hair. My goodness, I could save so much money if I were, like, bald or something. On the hair issue, I have a question, because I'm trying to sort this out myself, too. Um, at what point did did Blaine start, start gelling back his hair? Because I remember in season two, when we first saw him, his hair was still have, didn't have that much product in it and things, but... I guess well, it wasn't people season People always three. say that. People always say that, and they cite, like, they always cite blame it on the alcohol or like the pollen oats mashup as like proof that Kurt has seen Blaine's hair with no product. And I'm just like, oh, there's product in that hair. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah. There is there product. Is absolutely. 
product. It's not it's like the, maybe less, but yeah, I meant to say it's less product. It's not like the gel. It's like you could definitely see a progression during season two and season three when he really, or later seasons when the hair was like a. I guess you could see it. It really stuck to his head and things. But yeah, there was definitely product in season two. I don't. I never understood why it seemed to bother everyone so much that he has a First of all, Kurt's got a crap ton of product in his hair, too, because it wouldn't yeah. defy gravity the way it did. That's not just water, people. <laughs> you don't get your hair to stand on top of your head that high with uh-huh. just water and good wishes. Kurt's got a ton of shit in his hair, too. But yeah. I never really understood why why the gel seems to bother people. Like, yeah. like people yeah. hate it, and I'm sitting here like, what's wrong with it, though? I just... I just I, I liked it, but there were some times that, like, it looked like he just stepped out of a shower, and he was wearing, like, a, um, the, the shawl collar, um, sweaters, so he looked like he was wearing a robe, so it was, like, he's out of the shower with a robe on, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, that just looks wrong, Mm -hmm. but otherwise, I I really like his hair, I like Blake's hair. I do too. I was just Yeah. But uh <laughs> in like the flashbacks we get, Blaine's hair is, is slicked down then, so he probably yeah. or his mom or his dad, who knows, started styling his hair that way from a very young age. Yeah. It's really easy. You just wet it and gel it and it's done. Mm-hmm. So I can yeah. definitely see Pam kind of being like, This is what we're gonna do and just because it's much easier with like what was he, like four? And then flashback yeah. to just, like, yeah. get you to sit still long enough to wash it and gel it down. <laughs> and then it just kind of stuck. Lord knows I understand yeah. that because I wore my hair the same way from, like, fifth grade until I was 30. <laughs> because it was just easier. Yeah. And there, there's somewhat of an idea that, like, um, he is of a different race than his mom. Because, like, if if that's how she dealt with his hair the easiest way that she figured out how she might not exactly have had the same ha- like hair to deal with so she she might not know how to deal with um hair that is curly because she never yeah and a lot of biracial a lot of biracial kids have that problem where their parents just like don't know what to do with um their hair I mean, I've seen people talk about it with, like, celebrities adopt African kids, and you're, mm-hmm. you just, like, see them, and you're like, oh, my God, someone helped that child with their hair, because they don't, they don't know how to maintain it and how to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of... So I can definitely see that being it. I, I kind of want to move the, the conversation along a little bit. Um, was there anything that you guys wanted to talk more about with well, maybe we can combine the two. Um, talking about what do you guys think Blaine's childhood was like? What do you think, you know, his role or the, his parents' role in his life as a kid was? Um, just, you know, there's just a lot of little things that we have um, that pointing to his childhood and just wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. Well, I'm going to say, and this is going to be like the opposite of what a lot of people think. I've never been under the impression that Blaine, as a child at least, was neglected. He's always given me the impression of someone whose parents maybe didn't have a lot of boundaries in that as a kid, 
I could definitely see, especially being a late in life kid for his mom, I could see at least him and his mom being very tight and her being kind of like clingy with him because she, you know, she's got her older son who's practically out of the house. I think there's like a 10 year difference between Blaine, I mean, Blaine and Cooper. So I could definitely see that maybe Pam and Blaine being very close, even if him and his dad aren't, but he never gave me the impression of someone who grew, who didn't have any, who's just like, okay, you're born, you're by yourself. Like, I don't get that impression, especially now that we've seen his mom. I kind of think that maybe she was a little indulgent because he was the baby. And and to that point too, I, I'm wondering if like she she kind of showed him off because I don't know if you noticed, but Blaine's kind of a showboat. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, if he got into that habit of like his mom kind of like pushing him to all the friends who come over, like. While she's selling Mary Kay. Like, and well, him and Cooper, before they sing the Duran Duran, Cooper says their little Duran Duran, their dueling Simon LeBanche was like popular in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So they definitely, you know, were those kids that were like, if there was like a neighborhood like block party or something, you could count Blaine and Cooper would definitely be entertaining everyone. Yeah. Entertaining them when, when, they don't really want them to entertain kind of situations like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, let's let's sing that this song for them. And oh, God, not again. Not the Andersons <laughs> again. <laughs> I could definitely see that. Yeah. I could definitely see that being if that's one thing that I think that Blaine and Rachel have in common. It was mm-hmm. definitely that the, they were like the entertainment whenever their parents had people over. Yeah. And I wonder if that came from like. Cooper or from um, their parents, like the idea of of his mom kind of showing him off or something. Well, he I don't think Blaine was necessarily against it. Oh no, no, I'm not saying he was. <laughs> um, but I think that affected him in a lot of ways. Where like he he definitely has a need to please people. And, oh yeah, absolutely. And where he feels like, as long as they like me, like as I can perform for them and make them smile, they won't like hate me. Kind of, yeah. Sense that he has. Yeah, I could see that definitely coming from there, and I kind of, I mean, if he, I always imagined that if he were interested in something as a kid, his parents were like really into fostering that interest so like he learned how to play piano and mm-hmm. he probably you know had like all that kid that was in like every activity you could imagine you know because if he asked for it you know his parents would be like oh you want to play soccer okay you can play soccer oh you want to learn piano okay you can learn piano oh you want to be you know you want to do this okay we'll do that you can say half the money so why not yeah. yeah, and he has like polo trophies and fencing posters and stuff like yeah. that in his room. So he obviously yeah. had a did lot a of bunch of yeah. did a lot yeah. of extracurriculars. Right and up, he so. mentions he mentions in Puppet Master that he's won more show choir than anybody else in the room, which is talking to the people who went to 
like New York the year before he did. And like, I always like, there could be the idea that he's exaggerating and no, he hasn't. But what if he has, what if he's been in show choir, like more than the like elementary school? Yeah, yeah. Or if he did, I think I wrote like, a fan fiction where Blaine was in show choir starting in like fourth grade. Or he onward. like competed at county fairs. Or well, like, yeah, he has. He also has a trophy that's like a a, a microphone trophy. I, I think that he, he's also mentioned a couple of times that he's performed at the theme parks too, like when he was older. I mean, not yeah, yet. he had the I, job at the at the county fair. Or yeah, yeah, like, like he was King's Island Christmas Spectacular. Yes, and he, he did that, but like he, he was trying out for the summer for Six Flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yep. So it's it's blames that kid who's like gonna find somewhere to perform if it's not at school. School's out. Okay, so. I'm not going to be seen at school because school's out, so I need to go get, like, a professional singing gig, like, right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is why when people write, oh, Blaine decided to give up performing and do this, I'm like, the kid who couldn't even go the whole summer or winter break <laughs> without a gig? Hell no, he didn't. <laughs> he belongs yeah. on the stage more than Rachel. Like, yeah. yeah, like, school's out. Where can I sing? Someone let me sing somewhere. Pay yeah. me to sing even if it's in Six Flags, which apparently isn't even in Ohio. <laughs> um, talking about his childhood, where, uh, where do you think and why do you think the, the bow tie started? Because the flashbacks to him as a little boy, in um, both in Big Brother and then later in Moving On or Moving Out, he has bow tie. And like... Mm-hmm. The the theory, like, before was, like, he started that in high school because Kurt kind of helped him create his style or whatever. But, no, he, he had a bow tie when he was little. I would that- say it started with his mom. Because Lord knows if I had a little kid, that a little boy that cute, he'd be wearing. But I'm not even me. I already told, tell everyone, if you have a boy, I'm going to buy you clothes and dress them like Blaine or Carlton Banks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. I definitely could see Pam like being yeah. like, oh my god, my cute dapper little prince. Mm. I had well, a theory for a while that he was obsessed with Bill Nye the science guy, but the dates didn't add <laughs> up. He would have been yeah. too young. Yeah. And then uh, I read in fan fictions that it was like his grandfather or something like gave him a bow tie when he was a kid, and that was really sweet, a really sweet idea. Yeah. I have a question for you guys. Um, how do you think that his family life uh, would have impacted how he presented his sexuality? And he does tell Kurt that uh, George Clooney was his first crush back when he was a little kid, because ER would have been on way back when when George Clooney was on. Um, mm, yeah. And um, just what are your guys' thoughts about that? I feel like Blaine is one of the characters that's like, Kind of, because we we never really get to a point where Blaine's uncomfortable being gay. We get like a little bit of questioning and blame it on the alcohol. So I always was under the impression that Blaine realized he was gay at a really young age, and was and wasn't and it wasn't like a big kind of deal for him. He just kind of realized he was gay, 
and then that's just what it was. Like he and I also always kind of figure he told Cooper first. But I also kind of thought that maybe Cooper had already known. I don't know where I get these ideas from, but I was just always under the impression that Cooper figured it out before Blaine told him, and then Blaine would have told Cooper before anyone else. But I definitely think that Blaine kind of figured out figured it out when he was pretty young. Because if you go by the timeline that see if we saw in two thousand nine that he was at Dalton in what would have been his freshman year of high school, so that would mean Sadie Hawkins happened in what eighth grade, and mm-hmm. and he came out the sum in the summer, so that would mean at the at the oldest he came out at like thirteen. Court. Um, yeah, that that whole timeline is is questionable because they, I mean, they don't really get into it. Just that he, like, did he did it happen in eighth grade and then he he transferred, like, or he just went to Dalton for his freshman year, or like sometimes, like Sadie Hawkins is usually a November dance, like Sadie Hawkins is days. I think it's like there is a Sadie Hawkins Day, which is in November. Hmm. I um, I don't know. I'm, don't quote me on it, but that's what I've heard. I, I believe I've heard somewhere. Um. So like maybe he he came out in the summer and then the dance was in the fall and then he transferred like right after. Um, and was at Dalton for half the year. That's unless you buy into Fanon that he was in the hospital for like six months and was on like <laughs> it was on well, like a respirator and almost to... died and yeah, Fanon wants him to repeat a grade so that he's actually the same age as everybody else. But even if you're, he would have to repeat it twice to be Kurt's age at this point because yeah, according to that Miata true. application, Kurt is two years older than everybody in his senior class. But in 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 canon, uh, Blaine. I believe is still under 18 in his senior year until the end of his senior yeah. year. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. He didn't skip a grade. No, he didn't. Unless he was really young and then skipped a grade. Like maybe was or held back, I meant. If he skipped a grade when he was young and then was held back, maybe. But yeah. My God. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> younger than Kurt. Yeah, he's definitely younger than Kurt. And but then again, so is everybody else. But um, yeah, I'm still, you know, I've always been under the impression that when Blaine came out, he wasn't in high school yet. Like I've always just kind of been under the impression that he came out really young, because Kurt was 16 when he came out to Mercedes and to Bert, and Blaine was definitely I, younger I than that. I that that he like came out young, but um, they're different, like steps to coming out so maybe he came That's out like true. to to cooper and then to his parents and then he came out like gradually like to his friends and at school because that that's like yeah well we know that he was uh, even before the sadie hawkins incident we know that he said he was bullied in school a lot because he said he went to the he said he want he went to the faculty, faculty and they, they didn't do anything. So that's why he he understood Kurt's frustration with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um I I kinda had the idea that, you know, 
where Blaine probably did grow up a little bit. Well, he was probably shown off, made to show like a certain facade of being, you know, this available person to go to all the balls and kiss in the airs and everything like that. And I know I've I've seen at least one or two people headcan. He didn't actually come out to his parents until after Sadie Hawkins. He kind of had to tell them, this is why this has happened. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else might have known, but they didn't know. So I don't know if he might not have said anything because he was kind of this symbol for his parents to trot out. And that could tie into him being the person trotted out for entertainment. And then, you know, if his parents were involved in business or his dad could have been brought out, you yeah. know, to parties to entertain the young ladies and didn't come out because, you know. See, and I never face. really under I've never really understood where the idea that his dad was like in that type of position really came from. Mm-hmm. Where his I think dad it's was just like the, the money, type I to like I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never really I never really got that. But, you know, it, it's um, a huge thing in in Fanon. Where his dad is like, oh, I need to woo this client's daughter, Blaine, take her out. And I don't <laughs> well, know, I don't even know what profession that would even be. But here's the thing. We know so little about Blaine's father except for that what he's referenced, you know, in the third person by Blaine and things. So I guess whatever it's written in fan fiction or developed by headcanons from fans has kind of developed into its own their own perception of what Blaine's who Blaine's father is and what their relationship was like but in reality we really don't have enough to at least I don't feel like we have enough to kind of draw upon because we really don't know anything from what we're given within the context of the show exactly so, yeah um and again to mention the the little Thing in the wedding, the guest book, um, what Pam writes, which is it canon? I don't know. Again, <laughs> um, but it's kind of like flippant. Like um, my, it's it's like my son is gay. Oh well, kind of um, like that. She mentions that, like even that. She, it, it it kind of seems like. The way I read it, at least, was yeah. that uh, she's kind of still dealing with it. Like, she's at the point where, oh, I love him, he, even though he's gay, but it's still at the even though he's gay kind of point. Mm. Where it's... But, again, um, that's me reading into things that aren't even necessarily canon. I don't even remember what exactly it said. Mm-hmm. I know she mentioned something about you'll never leave me like your dad did mm-hmm. or something like that. Just sad. Yeah, I was really, really. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Pam. I hope she's saying that when she was drunk. <laughs> um, moving it forward uh-huh. a little bit, do you guys want to get into talking about a little bit more about the Cooper-Blaine relationship? Sure. Yeah. I yeah. love Cooper. I know you, you guys talked about it a lot with the first episode of Big Brother. We did, but we also kind of left some of the more, like, meta elements out. Like, we talked about Cooper and Blaine, but, I mean, I, I just, we didn't go crazy in depth, though. It was more like, I, I love 
Matt Bomber. He's adorable. He's gorgeous. Blah blah blah. We did what we talked about a little bit um, was. You know, the idea of uh, a lot of stuff that you guys talked about already, but um, the way they were kind of both showy as kids, that they were performers as kids, and how they were really similar. They are similar in a lot of ways. They're both kind of insecure on the inside, but have different ways of kind of covering that up. Um, How the age difference plays a role in... um, in their relationship and how, you know, Cooper isn't always aware of, um, just, you know, Blaine would like to be a better, you know, uh, the, the Cooper is being the old, oldest child kind of, you know, going off and doing his own thing. Doesn't, isn't always aware of Blaine or how he's, mm-hmm. you know, neglectful of not neglect, but like in that, in that flashback, he was just holding the toys and screwing around and not really realizing the kind of impact that he had on Blaine's life and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think as an older sibling, you really don't. I mean, I'm only two years older than my brother and three years older than my sister. And there are times where my sister will mention something that I said or did at like 15 that really affected her that I don't even remember. And it's, you don't even realize as an older sibling that something that may be not that big of a deal to you is having a huge impact on your younger siblings until you're older and they bring it up and you get to see that effect firsthand. And I see it as a younger sibling, like, um, (laughs) that there's, there's a lot of like, there could have been a lot of, like Cooper being held over Blaine, especially with the the big age age gap that Cooper was off doing these amazing things. He would have thought they were amazing, like going to Hollywood to pursue his dream, even if he's a failing art, like artist or whatever. Um, Mm. Blaine would have seen it as amazing and his if his parents like bring it up and kind of like brag about cooper to blaine blaine might like internalize that as oh he's the the most loved child and and um nobody cares about me sad puppy (laughs) (laughs) do you guys oh sorry go ahead oh that's okay oh i was just gonna mention do you guys I mean, even I was a little bit older. My younger brothers were watching the cartoon Hey Arnold. If you, are, is anybody familiar with that episode, that show? Mm-hmm. No. Um, on that show, uh, one of Arnold's friends, Helga, has a um, a dad who owns a beeper empire. This was the 90s. And a mom who was essentially a, a stay-at-home mom but was kind of drunk. And she had an older sister. And the older sister was perfect. And, like, got all of these trophies or whatever. And... The parents basically ignored uh, the younger sister or this older sister, and there's a lot of issues. Now, I'm, I don't think that's necessarily the same here, but it just reminded me of that. That, like, maybe, you know, because of the age difference or whatnot, but Cooper, like, was getting more attention in some respects, or, you know, a lot of people were paying more attention to Cooper than they were to Blaine. And See, I got the opposite. I figured Cooper would resent Blaine because once Blaine came, it became more about the baby. 
Oh, Cooper, don't wake the baby. Cooper, don't upset your brother. Cooper, stop making your brother cry. Cooper, can you watch your brother for a few hours? You know, so I always got the opposite, that it was Cooper who kind of got neglected once there was this new baby in the house. But the thing is, it could have been both. Yeah. Because it's all about perception. It's all about, That's like, true. how how Cooper sees it. He, he sh- I'm sure, like, he might have been resentful that Blaine got it easier from his parents or is Blaine, like, is the, the little baby that everybody, like, coos over when, obviously, Cooper is an attention whore and he doesn't want to share the spotlight. Yeah. And, yeah. um... Yeah. That does make a lot of sense because I think when you're looking at that uh, the the um, episode Big Brother, I mean Blaine is sort of still the big man on campus, but at McKinley, when his brother kind of swoops in and and does his all does his whole Hollywood actor thing, and all of a sudden it seems like Blaine is, uh, Blaine resents that, and especially when he's giving it. Cooper's giving advice to all the acting, acting advice to all the kids. I mean, he he feels like he can see through it, but yet everybody else is copying it up. So, I could see why I could see the perception goes both ways, and also that you could see you could see the tension between them, especially when they did the um, their duet at the end. Um, someone like uh, somebody like I used to know, I think. You could see that kind of them sort of sorted out. So I could definitely see it both ways. Yeah. And it probably think, is both ways. Again, it's yeah. about perception. And everyone I know that has like a big age difference between them and their siblings, they are kind of expected to take on the role of like a secondary caregiver. I don't know anyone who's got siblings in that kind of age group that doesn't have that kind of expectation that you're going to help, you know, with regards to your younger siblings. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of resentment going both ways, a little bit of competition. And, uh, you know, you can tell at some point they they might have, they probably were not pitted against each other by their parents, but they might have felt like they were. Mm Mm-hmm. Because parents don't realize that they, you know, parents are human too. So, and, and I keep thinking of like when Cooper left to either go to college or to run off to Hollywood to be hit it big. Um, how old was Blaine? Like he, if there's a 10 year gap, it it had to be around like eight to 10. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's a pretty like intense period for kids too so like yeah what kind of effect did that have on on Blaine to have him have his big brother constantly in his life who's this like he's a big character takes up space like he's he's Cooper Anderson like and then suddenly not there and and it feels like he's just abandoned yeah Especially if that's right around the time that Blaine was starting to figure out that he's gay and he's getting bullied at school and, you know, all of a sudden his, you know, that portion of his life changes. And if his parents were used to having Cooper kind of there, did they alter anything when Cooper was gone? Like, did they start to be home more 
And did they start to spend more time with Blaine? Or was it like, okay, Cooper's gone. My parents are busy doing whatever. They're not going to make huge changes in their life. And Blaine's going through not just puberty, but coming to realize that he's gay. And he's kind of doing it by himself at after a point. Mm. Yeah, and, and all parents, when their their kids leave the nest, they kind of go through that empty nester, even if like they're they still have remaining kids left at home. They kind of like we're so old, we we have kids out of the house, like going through that, and like I I kind of felt that way. And my my sister was only like four years older than me. That, like, my parents kind of, like, their attitude changed once, like, one of their kids was out of the house. That they they moved into this new new period of their life. And the way they, like, acted towards me was different because they were more, like, well, you're going to be out soon, too. So, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, do what you want. <laughs> He is much younger at the time than I was. Like, the gap is so much bigger. I there might have been that kind of feeling that like the the house dynamics change when somebody leaves it like that. So yeah, they it, it might have had a, an effect on him. And I know like Blaine demonstrably has a abandonment issue. Oh like, yeah, we we see that. So oh yeah, does that? Do you think that comes from this or from something I think else? So. I think it definitely plays a role. I think so too. And then par- sometimes I wonder if maybe Blaine's parents' relationship was off and on. I've definitely had for some reason gotten that headcanon that maybe they were kind of hot and cold. And that played a role in it too. Like sometimes they were, real things were really good, and sometimes they weren't. Like I always felt like his parents' issues in his parents' relationship kind of caused him to to be insecure in the way that it caused the issues in him and Kurt's relationship. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I can see that, especially with witness what your parents kind of being are. The, like Blaine kind of being the peacemaker and like the performer to kind of. Like last Friday night, he's like, "We're all upset. Let's let's sing and be happy." Yeah, you could see him kind of doing that throughout his childhood too. And exactly, let's cover everything up with a happy song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that. Or if you're sad, or if you're sad, you can't you can't say anything. Saying things are futile. So let's sing it and instead. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's singing to make mom feel better if mom's down and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I definitely think he could have, he would do that. Oh, little Blaine. I know. I, I, I kind of have to wonder with, like, the age difference, and this is going to get real angsty, sorry, but. Kind of have to wonder where there's such an age difference if Blaine was, I guess, planned and if he wasn't, if that came out in some time, in some way made him feel kind of like, oh, I wasn't planned, you know. And 
I mean, it's obvious he was loved, but in his more depressed modes, so like I wasn't wanted, neck lead to his abandonment issues, which probably didn't help once Cooper left. And if his parents weren't getting along, putting him right in the middle of that. I have a friend who says that who's told me once that he felt like his parents had the, had him to save their marriage. And yeah. he had an age difference between him and his brother ah. that was very similar to the age difference between Blaine mm-hmm. and Cooper. And he was bullied by his a lot. And his brother resented him for and his parents had to try to save their marriage. And he felt that. And so, so I don't know why. My mic is right here. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me better? I'm like, it's it's like so close to my face. All right. Is yeah, okay. no, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I always kind of wondered if it was a similar thing with with Blaine, if he felt like, you know, I was maybe not necessarily planned, but maybe I was planned, but for this reason, and it didn't work out, or I was an accident, and it caused all this, like, you know, it could go either way, but I definitely kind of get what you're saying with that. Yeah. Blaine is definitely the kind of person who would take a lot of the the blame onto his shoulders, even when he shouldn't and doesn't need to. When this kind exactly. of stuff, mm-hmm. he yeah. he would feel guilty, and especially if he couldn't fix it. Even. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, for for the divorce, that's a very common time for people to for people to get divorced right after their kids leave for college. It's a very mm-hmm. hard time for the kids. Um, well, any time is hard time for the kids, but it's it can be really hard that like thinking about like maybe my parents stayed together until I left the house kind of thing to make it easier for me. But but they were miserable all along, so it made it harder for all of us. That's but, true. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a friend that like actually they they did that but they also told her that they were staying together just until she she graduated which made it even worse but wow that's terrible yes wow you're um, a poor friend and i know i know Darren said that he thought Blaine had daddy issues and and so he definitely played it that way like well i relate cuz i have those too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, um, I I definitely think Darren was right on that, and he definitely did play, kind of play that. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. And I, I don't remember when he said that. Like if he if he said that around sexy when they bring up his dad, or if he he says it at a different interview. But it's it's definitely in how he plays it throughout. I definitely think that plays a role in in how Blaine kind of hero worships Bert. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. um kind of the way he acts around authority in general, where yeah, he he definitely disagrees with authority on on numerous occasions. He, like he he stands up to Will several times, but in a very like key back kind of way not in a Kurt way where Kurt just goes off and tells Will to shove it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah authority has failed both of them they both have very different reactions and how they deal yeah. with authority afterwards um, this is so, true 
Like, he's he's more likely to sit back and smile as people, like, as Sue insult, insults him or, like, but, but still, like, smile, but, but then act against it anyway. Like, like, yeah. Uh, he doesn't take authority's word as the last word. He no, he'll he do what doesn't. he's gonna do, but he's going to respect them, and respect is like paramount for him. Yeah, respect which is sad because he mean takes saying they're right, basically. Yeah, and he takes some things from Will, especially in that episode after shooting Shooting Star. I forgot the name of it. Like, Will is so awful to him in that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it Lights yeah. Out, that episode? Yeah. Sweet Dreams. Sweet, okay. dreams. Sweet Dreams. Thank you. Sorry, I always dreams, forget sorry. the name of that episode. And that's yeah, really sad dreams. because, like, when Will and um, when Will and Finn were, like, off having their feud and, like, basically being neglectful to the, the Glee Club for several episodes, Blaine mm-hmm. stood up and was, like, the leader of the the whole like with Sam mm-hmm. together they they led the the team and for Will to come in and said you're a bad leader it was horrible. Yeah. I don't think Will had to the list. foot to stand on with that one. Yeah. Just add it to the list of the times Will is horrible. I've always had this headcanon that Blaine can't stand Will Schuster. I don't think he can. I don't. I think he and Kurt probably had very lengthy talks about how much neither of one of them really liked Will. Yeah, <laughs> Blaine was probably like sitting there, like I won't say anything bad about him, but then Kurt says something bad, and and Blaine's like, you know what? Yeah, and and then just go off <laughs> on all the things that he's noticed. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And, and Kurt exactly. sitting there like, whoa, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, I just opened this can of worms. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Blaine's just been waiting for the opportunity to just go off on this tangent. Yeah. And he's like, and another like, thing. <laughs> I won't and say anything day, bad, but you start it, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, and then, you don't and really then the get other him. Day he said, yeah. And remember what he told Tina before Nationals that time? And oh, my God. Like, just goes on this whole long like <laughs> tangent where Kurt's like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and you Where don't get him saying from? very much back to Will other than, like, I think it's the end of Boys and Girls on film when Will's like, everybody wins, and Blaine's like, why do you always do this? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm you tell him, Blaine. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, you don't get him saying much of anything to... Well, overall, oh. the new New Directions really weren't there for Will shit. Yeah. 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 They didn't take well, it as they, much. They were, Finn's, they were Finn's team more than Will's. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so sad. I love those. I love those <laughs> well, kids. And that was a tangent. But <laughs> so we kind of covered a, a bit of Blaine's behavior. I just I'm looking at this list, and did you guys want? I mean, like his need to perform, his need to please, to avoid conflicts, bottle up negative emotions, the abandonment issues. The authority figures, like, how much do you guys think that is definitely family-related stuff compared to stuff that's naturally in Blaine's um, personality? So nature versus nurture? 
I think I definitely I, think I, I'm a like personality is basically nurture basically like you you get screwed up by your parents in different ways like everybody gets screwed up by their parents in different ways and develop different coping mechanisms like and sometimes you learn those coping mechanisms from your parents yeah (laughs) i mean you could say that there were some ways that you know if we really looked at it there are things about kurt that you know bert screwed up because that's kind of how it goes and you learn you learn your coping mechanisms at home how do your parents cope with certain things versus how you cope with certain things? And it takes mm-hmm. a while for you to kind of recognize that you get these coping mechanisms from your parents or from your family for the longest time you don't really realize it. Like I used to say that like the number one sign that you've moved on into adulthood is when you're able to recognize that your parents are fuck ups. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes a long time to kind of be like, whoa, mom and dad really screwed me on this. Yeah. And then you realize that means they're human. Exactly. And your parents are definitely fallible and Uh can have a huge effect on how you handle yourself in relationships, be it platonic or otherwise. I think Lane also has a tendency to kind of like read like subtextually Mm -hmm. and sometimes that could be a good thing because you can help somebody when they're they're hiding emotions and like but but sometimes it's a bad thing because you read things into things that aren't there and then you get really upset because he never loved me or he he hates me or or like go off into these get really upset that way and then like it's it's not true you just like read something into to like the way yeah. he like yeah and yeah and oh. I get it because I I do that I'm the do that girl when it comes to that like, oh my yeah sister me has too. to call me like dude <laughs> like you got all that from that he didn't even, it's like, he didn't even why did that. you just raise your eyebrow right there what is that exactly <laughs> why did you say it like that what <laughs> exactly and then I and then I'm left with people looking at me like I'm crazy yeah. Which is what Kurt does in yes, New no. York when <laughs> Blaine goes on his rant about about Elliot. And so oh, I could yeah. definitely see yeah, it's and it comes from, you know, where did he get that from? Well, if his family doesn't really communicate all that well, then I could see that being something he grows up with, having to kind of figure out what if something is being said between the lines that is it being outright said. I mean he did that yeah. with his dad, is there you know? what aren't you saying and that could come from your fa- your parents are feeling like people aren't being 100 percent open genuine genuine when they're saying something yeah. to you yeah and if he grew up in a household where there was a lot of fighting between his parents you can if you grow up in a household like that you oftentimes want to grow up and you want to avoid conflict at all necessary because it just brings you at right back there oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> yes and then you so yeah. you put every you stamp everything down you try to be easy. yeah you you avoid the negative stuff you avoid the conflict because it brings you right back <laughs> to that place where you were just the scared child watching your parents fight and argue and scream yeah. and yell and throw things kind of thing exactly <laughs> so exactly that, that definitely play if if we want to jump and say that yes his parents probably didn't have the best relationship 
or had a very hot and cold relationship, that would have definitely played a big, big part in his want to completely avoid any fighting and any negative negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I definitely kind of get that idea, you know, that Blaine wants to avoid conflict as best as, as he can. But on the other hand, by doing that, it just ends up exploding all over the place yeah. at one point or another. Be yeah. that the way he explodes at Cooper, the way things with him and Kurt implode, mm-hmm. both, you know, in the breakup and and in and when they're back together again and they're living together, you know, it's all going to kind of, it's going to blow at some point because you mm-hmm. can only bottle things up for so long. At the same time, I feel like he, he tries to get his needs across and he tries, like, if you look at his relationship with Kurt, he, he does try, like, um, but in the, the lead up to, um, uh, to the breakup, he he tries to talk to Kurt and mm-hmm. and the break. Yes, he does. Yes. Um. And he, uh, he. And even in yeah, and tested too that he he tries yeah. to talk to Kurt and Kurt shuts him down and like. Um. Yeah, he, he seems he, like he the type react like well to being shut down. He like takes it very inwardly. Like Yeah. I, I think if talking doesn't work, he'll go to the next extreme. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even before the breakup and even before even back in season three when Kurt you know, the senior year in Kurt's senior year. And when they uh, he was he said he was deliberately trying to distance himself from Kurt because he was trying to figure out what to do, what to do um, when Kurt left. And that's why all his, all that thing with, um, uh, oh shoot, um, uh, dance with that, somebody. Yeah, dance with somebody. Yeah, dance with somebody. Yeah. Um, thanks. <laughs> I forgot the episode title, but yeah, that's when all that, you know, that that's when that imploded too, and yeah. when they were, yeah. And so then they were finally able to talk it out in, in in a certain way in Emma's office when they got to the, you know, when they got to the root of the uh, is his abandonment too. So um, do you it, think? Uh, do you think um, the way he reacted to Emma and the way sometimes the way he phrases things are very in therapy kind of terms? Do you think he he's been to therapy like? Maybe, I don't know, family therapy or, like, as he was growing up? It wouldn't surprise me, honestly. And it wouldn't surprise me if they made him get some kind of therapy after Sadie Hawkins. Mm -hmm. Definitely at least once after Sadie Hawkins. I agree. And he he definitely did in um, season six. He mentions it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you guys, we, you, you touched a little bit upon um, Bert and how Blaine kind of keeps coming back to Bert. And what do you think his relationship is with the Hummel Hudson clan, you know, with the other families? Uh, I don't know, just your thoughts on that kind of thing. 
Well, Blake seems like the kid that, like, parents just love because he's so sweet and he's so polite and he's so helpful. So I could definitely see that, like, Blaine is that kid that, like, the parents of his friends just, like, love him. Like, I could see him getting along really well with Sam's younger siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Bert is Papa Bear Bert, who who adopts strays left and right. <laughs> the Hudson Hummel home for wayward teens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like like I said, he has a immense respect for authority. I think it's it's a fandom thing that he he keeps calling Bert uh, Mr. Hummel, like, and Bert's always like, "Call me Bert, kid." I think that's a fan. Yeah, that's uh, definitely uh-huh. a fandom thing. I don't think we've ever heard him call him Mr. Hummel. Yeah. Yeah. But the little bits of the relationship between Blaine and Bert that we got to see, I've always enjoyed because there, I think there's a mutual affection there. Yeah. Yeah, like like in Michael where, where Kurt gets the letter and, and Bert's like, let me tell Blaine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like your little... Like yeah, or actually, yeah, exactly. I had the same thought, Kay and Glee. Actually, when they were doing that back and you know chattering back and forth, you know when they were watching that, were they watching a football game or something? Basketball, I think. Basketball, yeah, yeah. Basketball is usually on on Christmas. Yeah, they were watching a basketball game and the little conversation, the bet they had (laughs) between. The two of them, that was... Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds like what it was, you know, what it was normally like. Yeah. Know, Kurt bored out of yeah. his mind while they're watching whatever <laughs> sports on. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Blaine was at um, the Hummel's house before uh, when Kurt is trying on his outfit for the prom on Prom Queen. Mm-hmm. And they have that little, like, I had an outfit like Joe... I forgot the, who, but with like Tony Orlando with the big Tony Orlando bow tie. and, and Blaine's yeah. like, is that a, is designer? That a designer? Although <laughs> if Blaine loves if Blaine loves disco, he knows who Tony Orlando is. That's true. <laughs> I love the he disco definitely. episode. I know most people hate it, but I love. No, that I love it too. I love it too. Trust me. Well, that episode was great. Yeah. I was thinking about that time when he went to go and uh, he went to go. Yeah, he asked to go to see Bert or because he wanted to propose to, to Kurt and that whole conversation between them and yeah. how Bert was trying to uh, Bert was trying to give him some fatherly advice to, even though Bert didn't eventually take it in the end. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's but the, <laughs> the thing, the authorities like gotta respect them, but they're not always right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I do wonder if Bert was right about that. Oh, I think he was. Oh, yeah. Like, whether so. Blaine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lane didn't want to hear it because that's how teenagers are. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, but I he still wanted. Yeah, he still wanted reassurance from, from I think he did. Bert saw through that because he asked Lane whether he's still afraid, you know, afraid of, of losing Kurt if he didn't. Um, Propose yeah. and yeah, so I think Bert knew what was the underlying, you know, the underlying theme behind that. But uh, yeah, you know, he gave him some advice and he didn't take it. So oh well. 
And the, the thing is, like, Bert was invited to the the proposal. And yeah. His own parents weren't there. <laughs> well, Blaine, he was, I think he was even in on the proposal, too. Yeah, the one he, that he drove, drove Kurt. Kurt to the proposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I always kind of wondered, not necessarily that Blaine's parents didn't approve, but I could definitely see Blaine being like, it's not worth the trouble tell my parents that I'm going to propose because it's not worth the fight know, whatever it is they're going to yeah whatever it is they're going to say it's I'm yeah gonna that's, bother. that's how I see it too um not like they were disapp- they were disapproving of Blaine and Kurt together so much as yeah, Blaine knew if he told his parents it would be a thing <laughs> the fact that they're he's 18 and Kurt's 19 and yeah 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 I could definitely see him being like I don't want to deal with that right now I'll tell mm-hmm. them at another I'll tell them afterwards yeah so it would just stress them out to deal with whatever their reaction would be on top of the stress of waiting to see how Kurt reacts there if you don't mind me interjecting a little bit there's a couple of little things I want to point out one with that scene um with Bert about the proposal um Blaine gets a little, like, um, whiny, I guess, at the end of it when he's told no. And I'm yeah. wondering if he's not often, like, like you guys said, oh, like, hey, I want to go do this. Okay, go ahead. I want to go b- fly to New York. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And Oh, yeah. Blaine's parents don't tell him no very often. That's definitely yeah. something that I got. There's yeah. that. Um, but there's also, I really like two really small things is um, are in A City of Angels in Season 5, when Bert and Carol come along and um, uh, Blaine has this nice uh, little short moment with, with Bert and Carol as if, you know, uh, they were his in-laws. It's a really sweet little like exchange of acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the other little moment was um, in uh, season five with I'm still here and he's sitting at the family table with Bert. Um, when, when oh, yeah. uh, Kurt singing his solo in bash and, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, I like that even if Blaine seems to be slightly detached from his family, that he's managed to find other people that might take on those roles for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every family is really different, because I know at the, t- at the time of Glee, actually, a lot of people were, like, really upset and offended on Blaine's behalf, how dare Bert drag him away from his family on Christmas, and, <laughs> you know, that's not fair, and what about Blaine's family? And I was like, but what if Blaine's family doesn't really do that much? Because some families just aren't like that. Like my best friend for the long, for the last, like, God, like 10, 15 years, she spends her holidays with me and my siblings, you know, like she may stop by her parents' house or whatever, but the majority of her Christmas and Thanksgiving is here. I mean, it's a little different now that she's married, that she'll do like half the day with her husband and maybe her dad and then come here. But you know, for the most part, her holidays are spent with, with me and my siblings and not with her family. And it's not because of anything other than, you know, her family's just not tight-knit like that. Some families mm. just aren't. They do their own thing, you know? So I never took it as this big, like, you know, big issue that Blaine spent Christmas with Bert and Kurt. Because for all we know, he would have done that if they were all in Lima anyway. He might have, like, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe, you know what I mean? So not all families are as tight-knit to where the holidays are, like, this big, huge deal where you don't, how dare you, like, separate and and not be with us. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think Bert considered Blaine part of his family very early on, and Blaine probably thought the same. Blaine's family is not to him. His parents and Cooper, like, just them. His family is, like, who you make it kind of thing. And it was, you know, up to a point it was the Warblers, and then it became the New Directions, and Sam became, like, a brother to him. So, yeah, it's not a big deal, because if, given the choice, Blaine probably wanted to spend Christmas with the people, you know, he considered more family to him than those related to him by blood. Yeah. And that's okay. A lot of people are like that. You know, you have your chosen family, and it's not always the people you're related to. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of shifting gears, uh, bringing up a topic that I actually put in the notes. What do you guys think of Blaine as a parent to his kids? Do you think that his family and or, you know, his parents or Cooper will be involved in, like, you know, his child's life? Um, kind of what is future Blaine's family life like? I think his mom would be involved. She seems like she would want to be, just from what I got from her at the wedding. I definitely think his mom would be involved. I think Cooper would be in and out, just like he is now. You know, I don't think... Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people kind of wrote it where after Big Brother, they were best friends and everything, but it just doesn't always work that way. Yeah, Yeah, intentions are... Intentions are one thing, but like... Yeah, so I could definitely see Cooper kind of being in and out, you know, not really always Mm -hmm. there, popping Mm -hmm. up, you know, every couple of years or whatever. But as Mm -hmm. a dad, I think Blaine's going to be very attentive. I definitely see Blaine being a very hands-on, very attentive dad. He's going to want to be there for all the big, like, milestones and, you know, go to all the performances. Oh, my God, he definitely is. I mean, mm-hmm. just, like, look at him, how he reacts to, like, Rachel. He's like, here, truth. how are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely think he, he would be that dad who's just, like, freaking out. Like, oh, my God, I read, did you read this article about such and such? We have to make sure that everything is baby-proof. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's not even watching. She can't even roll over yet, Blaine. I don't, well, you know. <laughs> she's drive her like, nuts. Yeah. Baby-proofing now instead of waiting until he pokes his, she pokes her eye out on something and Kurt's like mm-hmm. she's been here for two hours <laughs> <laughs> like chill out meanwhile Blaine's like no we need to like lock all the cabinets mm-hmm. and we have that to lock thing have... on, the, on the toilet <laughs> exactly and we have to make sure that the dresser is like nailed down because I saw a video where two kids pulled the dresser on top of themselves and <laughs> We have to research. We have to choose a school for her now. And well, to be fair, <laughs> with, some, with the private City, schools, you, you you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. And we need to get her New vaccinated. City, they do like even with public schools. So yeah. And she just everything has to be perfect. Like we need a really good vacuum cleaner before she starts crawling because I don't want her to put something in her mouth and choke on it. Like it's gonna be so freaked out. He's going to be on all the mom forums. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. All the mommy blogs. At the same time, I kind of see him as the one that's maybe a little more compassionate. Like, I don't know. I just see, like, teenage kid comes home and just so dramatic. And Blaine will just, like, you know, tell me all about it. Well, we'll work through this. That kind of. And Kurt's going to be the stern one. Mm. I definitely see Kurt being more of the authority the authoritarian in the household 
Mm-hmm. You know, like he's Kurt's going to be. He was raised by Bert. I could definitely see Kurt being very much the firm parent, where Blaine's more like. But look at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look yeah, at those I eyes. See... I can't say no to that face. <laughs> yeah. You can also see like Blaine, like if the, and Kurt's like, um, I can. Like he comes <laughs> home like later, like as a teenager, and has this huge sob story of like. Her best friend and her crush are dating now, and like Blaine is like, I'm gonna go and talk to them, and then and like the daughter's like, I'm gonna go talk to her parents, and <laughs> the daughter's like, I just wanted to complain to you. I don't want you to do anything about it. Like yeah. Blaine's yeah, gonna be Blaine's like, like, no, like, no we're we're calling her parents right now. <laughs> what are her parents' names? Yeah, and he has to know the parents of all her friends. I want to know where you're going. And Kurt's just like, oh, my God, just let her go. <laughs> Kurt, she could skin her knee. It's fine. We have Band-Aids. He's mm-hmm. also the one that, like, changes her, like, every time she spits up, like, new outfit. Like, <laughs> I mean, Kurt, Kurt's, like, des- gets all the designer outfits, but, but Blaine is like, oh, my God, she can't be dirty. She can't, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> can't have messed up this or that. Like, oh, she spilled juice. Got it. Like, like you have to wash your hands messy. before you play with her. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. Artie yeah, he carries come in and grab her. Like, and it's like, here, yeah. hold out your hands. <laughs> no shoes in the house now. She's crawling. <laughs> Take your shoes off. And Artie's just like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? <laughs> Like he he gets these I, like those um medical uh wheel covers for wheelchairs. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> exactly. He's gonna get, he's gonna be the one who gives Kurt gray hair. <laughs> yes. He's just gonna stress Kurt out, and I can definitely see him like being very very like worried about Rachel like the whole time, like calling her every day, like are you okay? You know, the baby's the size of a mango today. Are you feeling, are you having morning sickness? Are your boobs swollen? I heard at this point your boobs should be swollen. And and Rachel's just like really loving the attention. But Jesse's like, dude, don't Stop talk talking about, about my wife's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely going to be the one reading all the books. And Kurt's just like, okay. He's like a parent encyclopedia. Yeah, and, and then when it happens, it. like she's good, they're gonna be on the way to the hospital. He's gonna be like, and her cervix is opening, so it should be around <laughs> like <laughs> she should be dilated this many centimeters in the amniotic sac. And Kurt's just like, gross, like, ew. <laughs> yeah. And Rachel's like, shut up, Blaine, shut up. <laughs> and Blaine's Kurt's gonna go to like all Rachel of the because. Rachel needs Blaine to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, kind of to, to wrap up, um, you guys had the last um, category of, of things to talk about was kind of the fanon versus canon and other theories. So kind of just, you know, what do you think got crazy overblown in fanon? What do you think is just right or wrong or just different or just kind of a... Um, that kind of stuff. Blaine being from Westerville. Yeah, you don't have to be from the town that your private school is in 
especially if you live there at that school. Because I always just kind of got the, you know, because you never hear anything about Blaine not living close enough to McKinley, and he walks home from scandals. So I always which figured, is in West Lima. So yeah, so I always figured Blaine is just from another part of Lima. Like maybe he went to North Lima, was gonna go to North Lima High. He was just at another part of the district, and that's why he wasn't at like whatever schools they were all at. It never yeah. got the impression that he was from Westerville or anything like that. Yeah, there was a bunch of people from like my area that went to schools to um, private schools up in Rochester, New York, near where I live, and that's about like a forty-five without any traffic, so like fifty to an hour every day to go up there. So, so he doesn't have to be right next to <laughs> the school, and yeah. um, I, I know a lot of people think. Um, it's a uh, boarding school, which it could be. I don't know. Plus, I'm from L.A. People driving two hours to go to a good school is really normal to me. Yeah. And I mean, like, Ohio is um, has very has towns that are very far from each other. Like, yeah, there's not much in between Lima and uh, the Columbus area where Westerville is yeah um, there I mean there's a couple little like hamlets or tiny tiny villages but like yeah in the mid midwest it's like city and then cornfields 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 then city <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's definitely different for me but yeah for yeah. me the idea of someone commuting that far really isn't that huge a deal I went to school about 30 minutes away from home because it was a better area. So I definitely see a lot of people did that. A lot of people would live in the Valley and then go to school, you know, in Beverly Hills or whatever. And, you know, so having to commute that far is just kind of Uh what we do here. Um, I also, again, never thought that Blaine was abused. He never, he always struck me as a kid whose parents were very permissive. I never got the idea that he was mistreated. Yeah, I always thought like permissive or or even on the side of neglectful, but not like material neglectful, more emotionally neglectful. Yeah, I figured his parents, if they're absent, it's not because, you know, they don't care. It's just like, okay, once he got to a certain age, his parents are just like, okay, you're a good kid. Do what you need, you know, do whatever. So his parents, I never thought like, oh, Blaine's parents aren't home because they went on a cruise and left him by himself and they've been gone for months on end. I just figured, you know, Pam found out there's this huge party. She could make a lot of money with her Mary Kate thing. I'll be <laughs> home at such and such time. Dinner's in the fridge. <laughs> so Blaine's yeah, like, hey, Kurt, come the, over. Yeah, that's the biggest thing in, in fandom that, like, that's the biggest Blaine trope, I guess you could call it, that, like... His parent, his dad is always on business trips, never in the country or in the city or in the state, like nowhere nearby. And his mom is usually for some reason with him or because she she never has a job in in the in fandom. Like, so no, she doesn't. <laughs> she's always in like Hawaii or something. Um, and 
yeah, and then Blaine gets horribly hurt or abused or or something and and like ends up in the hospital or somehow Bert finds out that he's alone and Bert likes like oh come come live in our wayward home for boys yeah um, and and he for some reason ends up like sleeping in in Kurt's bed <laughs> But the door is not allowed to be closed. But but still, but they, they bang have anyway. Tons, and tons of sex. Yeah, and where I was assumed it was like, it was like Pam had like bingo night or yeah. you know like <laughs> was playing like cards with her friends or something a couple nights out of the week, and so she was like, well, you're gonna be at Glee Club till God knows when. You're gonna be with Kurt till God knows when. So, like, I always figured there was more times where nobody was at the Anderson house. Then it was that Blaine was by himself. I just figured it's one of those houses, one of those homes where like everyone has their own thing going on. Like that's they very rarely sit down it. for a meal together. Yeah, I've always thought of it on on borderline kind of neglectful, like just not meeting all of his emotional needs, not not material needs or or that, but just they have their own lives and they know that Blaine is busy with and, and can take care of himself. So they let him take care of himself where in cases maybe they should be around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like in shooting star, when they really knew that he needed them to be there, they were there. Yeah. And, and while like, I, I, I agree with it. I don't think they were like being physically abusive, but they could have been like emotionally, even like little things like, Oh, why aren't you getting hundreds on this test when you get hundreds? Oh, why aren't you getting them all the time? Those kind of like little niggling things, which can really weigh down on a person, especially a person who has depression or anxiety, which, you know, we can debate whether or not Blaine has or another time, but stuff like that, like just little throwaway comments that Blaine might take in a way that he may, he maybe shouldn't. I think you could make an argument something like that just very high expectations and yeah he, he feels bad when he doesn't meet them yeah, yeah he's definitely a perfectionist and and that usually comes from having like high expectations put on to you by somebody even if it's yeah. yourself but usually it comes from somebody saying you you're good enough so prove it and, which is a great thing to say to kids, but at the same time, like it, it puts a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Um, I like. I actually like reading a lot of the tropes where where his parents are like completely absent, and it allows him to be more with the Hummels. Like, and then I I love blanks. So like, I've read a lot of these fics where. He's totally abused and blah blah yeah. blah. <laughs> so, and I've written a I, couple. <laughs> I do think I do think one thing in canon that was weird was that his mom didn't meet Carol until the wedding. That seems strange because I yeah. feel like Bert and Carol. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Bert and Carol would be the type to where they'd want to meet his family. Yeah. I think they just wanted you to know who she was, and they picked the absolute worst person for her to introduce herself to. <laughs> I, I think that was yeah, it would have made more sense through. if she. Yeah, I think it would have made more sense if she had introduced herself to Santana's mom or Brittany's mom or something. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or you, you can 
say she's really, really forgetful and like, well, yes, Pam, we've met several, several times. <laughs> yeah, well, like, maybe I could she honestly... did meet Bert, though. Like, she introduces maybe. herself to Carol, but maybe, like, there were occasions where Bert, like, stopped by the Andersons to say, Kurt, you're grounded. You're not supposed to be over here or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or when when he came with Kurt to tell Blaine about um, the Niata letter, or something. yeah, Could yeah. Be. So she might have met Bert, but never met Carol, and th- they That's probably true. know about each other. But like, yeah, because I, I have a if... feeling that the reason she was at the wedding is because of the Mary Kay thing. Maybe Blaine was like, "Hey, for your wedding, my mom can do your makeup." Because that part, did, well, once I found out she did Mary Kay, I was like, oh, that's why she's at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always like, thought, like, Blaine brought her as his date before he got back with Kurt. And he's like, yeah, I'm just still going to bring my mom anyway. So I don't have to go to this <laughs> wedding alone. Mm-hmm. And she deserves a nice a night out kind of thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That would be yeah, sweet. I, I could see Blaine doing that. that. Like, that or, I don't know, like, Santana or Brittany, like, Brittany, for some reason, thought it was important to bring, like, she came up with this really weird excuse that she she wants all the moms of her friends to be there. <laughs> well, that was, extra that moms. Like so Santana has somebody because she's missing your grandmother. Extra motherly support. Yeah. That yeah, is Brittany or, logic. Yeah. Brittany, mm-hmm. Brittany explains that, like... I mean, they they obviously already had the plan to to get um, Kurt and Blaine, even though it, it made no sense at all. But um, <laughs> but they they still had that plan, so they they just went to her and said, "We really want you to perform with our moms." Like, and then Brittany explains it in a super doesn't make any sense but in a weird way does kind of way to her and, she's like, and okay, Pam's like know. she's cute uh, Pam's like she's adorable <laughs> I'll do it mm-hmm. and then and then Blaine shows up at the wedding and she's like mom what the, mm-hmm. the hell are you doing here mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I could definitely see that yeah yeah um I was I was just gonna talk about more tropes like um I to talk about the the race, um, Blaine's race, I th- I think that was done really well and at times poorly. But a lot of people tried to do it very well in um, in fan fiction. Um, there's been a, a lot of different uh, explorations in that and different headcanons about his race and yeah. about um, his Filipino uh, culture. Mm. Yeah, and there was a lot done... of discussion about that, like how to best do it. Like people who are actually Filipino saying, hey, don't do it this way, please. But don't like completely blank it out either. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, uh, do you want to talk about like your favorite weird uh, fan fiction or unique fan fiction about a tight uh about Blaine's family that you've read or written. Well maybe how about like um maybe we can wrap it on up on um a headcanon, favorite headcanon you guys have individually about Blaine and his family. 
I always had this headcanon that, um, and I wrote, I think I wrote a little cyclet about it, Blaine repeating things that he heard Cooper say <laughs> when he was very young. So he picked up some very foul language <laughs> from having a, an older an older brother. But um, I just I have a whole like verse that I have dedicated to um, young Blaine and Cooper's relationship because it's sibling relationships are really interesting to me because my sibling relationships are very close to me. So I've written a lot about it, but I just love the idea of Blaine kind of being this little sponge. This just soaks up all these horrible things. Which is really Cooper funny because said. because Blaine like says gosh and gee and like all those <laughs> like re- replacement words for for swears that like, <laughs> maybe he got yelled at a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He got older and realized, oh my god, that's really mm-hmm. terrible. How could I say that? How could you let me say that, Cooper? Once he got old enough to realize what he was saying. Yeah. Uh, Bethany, what about you? Do you have any head cannons or? Um, I can just kind of like love the thought of Pam and Blaine bonding over being really embarrassing parents and doing silly dances and all their kids just going, oh, dad and grandma or whatever they call mm-hmm. Blaine's <laughs> mother. Uh, just like, uh, why, why do you do this? And, you know, Kurt just joining right in. I think, yeah, I think they would just, you know, be really, really embarrassing parents and Pam would just join right in. And Cooper <laughs> would send really good presents to make up for the fact that he's not around as much as he should be. So all the kids love him and Kurt and Blaine just kind of hate him. So like, you don't send a bow and arrow to a six year old, Cooper. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> What about you, Connie? Do you have any headcanons you would like to share? Well, I I always like the notion of uh, the I always like to uh, in my in my uh, headcanon I I thought of um, I always thought that Blaine and Carol would be very close, and that's why I love that little interaction um, when when they were going out to all, you know right before they went to all eight for. To, to have that competition but um yeah i always thought that they would be very close and um especially when the year that kurt you know kurt was in new york that they, they would uh he would go over to to have conversations with carol and they would bond over things and especially after you know finn's death that he would be there for he and uh carol really developed a really tight uh close relationship i think so that like that's that. my that's my head candidate. oh that's so sweet yeah i love that especially yeah. when he's going to check up on bert um when Bert's yeah sick. exactly that too so so i wish they would have they that explored a little bit more but um in my so that's when my head can and i have this big <laughs> big detailed uh um close relationship in my head so, uh, so that's my favorite one. I like that. All right, Carly, what is what's yours? I have a couple. <laughs> um, I'll try not to go too long, but um, I, I wrote a fic that um, on it explored it kind of that idea of of um, that fandom idea of his dad kind of pushing him to 
well, how do you know you're gay if you haven't dated any girls? And like, um, that kind of like affecting Blaine at the time of blaming on the alcohol where he does explore, maybe I am bi, maybe like, I do like girls. And, and then when he disappears into the bathroom, the, the fic I wrote is he goes into the bathroom to call or into the area near the bathroom to call his dad and say, Hey, you know what? I'm hundred percent gay. Leave me alone. Kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, two, uh, the other two are like a youth, um, headcanons or kind of explorations. Um, one is a really cool fic I read, um, that, that put, that gave them a bigger um, age gap between Cooper and Blaine, probably like 16. And Blaine was actually Cooper's son, but like it was kept secret. Um, and Blaine was raised as his brother. And it was. Oh, it wow. Just, I think I've read that. Yeah. It, it was a really, really good fic. And it just, it's an interesting, like different dynamic of, of the family if it was like that. And I know um, that happens sometimes in the world where, yeah, um, I think it used to happen a lot more before teen pregnancy became less of a taboo that it is now, but like, um, but yeah, it's, it was an interesting dynamic between Cooper and, and Blaine and Blaine like knowing, but not telling anybody that he knows. And, um, yeah, I like that. But one really fun headcanon is called Ander Stark, where uh, um, Tony Stark is Blaine's father, absentee father. (laughs) I come across that a lot, and I never understood where where it started. I have no idea where it started. (laughs) But it's really fun. Um. And it's taken in different ways. There's a couple different authors that have taken off on that. And um, it's kind of like there's usually the um, nobody knows. And then like gradually like Sam finds out first and like Sam being a huge Tony Stark fan. He's like, oh, my God. And no, it's it's I read that. Yeah, (laughs) it's. Yeah, that's a, a fun like headcanon of and and how having this famous like um, father who's been absentee his whole life, how that affects him, and then like he becomes Iron Man and dealing with having a a guy who puts himself in mortal danger like every two seconds, how that affects him, and it still being Blaine. So yeah. Um, well, I guess I'm going to throw mine in there. I I like the idea that, um, when they're older, Cooper just drops in whenever he feels like it. And it's just a whirlwind of just craziness. He'll just show up. The kids love him. They love uncle Cooper. So he'll play like superheroes with him and, and it's just crazy. But then there's all this drama and Kurt and Kurt and Blaine are a little like, just call before you show up. Um, he probably gets some like amped on sugar and then leaves. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I could just imagine the aftermath of that. Ew. Yeah. 
I definitely could see that happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I'm going to wrap this up here and I, you know, this has been a great conversation and uh, thank you guys for kind of taking the lead on this and, and just talking a lot about, you know, Blaine and family and just that whole side of things that I, I know that I have not given very much thought to. So, um, what are you thinking now? Are you enjoying? <laughs> it's enjoy fun. It's fun. It's kind of nice to, well, I mean, no, it's, it's fun in that, like, it's not something I think about, but then when other people get passionate about a thing and I can see all of these different head cannons and it, it's really kind of cool to see. So I've enjoyed it. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. And, um, next week we are going to be back with disco. So, uh, Be prepared for that, and um, have a great Sunday. Stop.